Thanks for listening to the Healthy Church Podcast with Larry Barker and Drew Klein. The Healthy Church Podcast is an honest conversation about what it means to be part of a healthy church. There are no perfect churches because they're all filled with imperfect people led by imperfect leaders. But by God's grace, we can begin to dialogue about what changes can be made in our lives as leaders and in the churches we serve in order to better love God and His people. For more information and other resources, go to HealthyChurchPodcast.com. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us on the Healthy Church Podcast. My name is Drew Klein, here with my friend Larry Barker. Larry, how's the day today, man? Man, I'm doing good, Drew. Good to see you, and good to have a, a co-worker labor in the Lord with us here today. Absolutely. I'm excited to have my friend Travis Sellers on the program today. Trav, you doing all right? I am doing fantastic. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. Well, we were, we were talking the other day, Larry and I, about... Uh, different show ideas and topics and stuff. And of course, you know, I'm a worship leader at heart. I've been a worship leader for almost, well, mm-hmm. for over 30 years. And uh, I, one of the things I've always appreciated about you, man, is is I've known you for the last 10 or 12 years or so. And, and uh, I'm just really impressed with how you pastor your church. Uh, I'm, I'm always impressed with the multiple different styles that you um, utilize in, in your church ministry. And in worship, and uh, we just we thought, man, what a, what an interesting program uh, to talk to a worship pastor about different issues of worship ministry, um, relational issues on church staff, as well as different ministry issues. And man, you came to my mind, so I sure appreciate you joining us today. We we appreciate that, and and we're glad you're here with us. Well, I uh, take that as an honor, and I and I'm glad to be on here with two guys that I, I admire myself and. It's a topic that um, I don't think too many people are talking about, you know, worship leaders and, and yeah. working with staff and, and everything like that. And uh, wow, it's so vital. It's such a big, big piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. It is. And hey, Drew, yeah. just so the two of y'all know I'm not a rookie, my first position in a BMA church oh. was music director. Oh, so I just want to go on record. Now, let me tell you the two reasons. I could halfway carry a tune, and I knew how to beat four four time with my hand. Yeah, those were the two reasons. Right. But anyway, you guys have gone way above and beyond, and I'm excited about this conversation and hearing y'all's hearts. Travis, I think he was feeling, you know, he was feeling the two against one thing going on right now. I was, there. man, ganged up on. <laughs> well, as long as he's not having to sing "How Great Thou Art." Right. We can do that four four on, on anything else. So. Exactly. There you go. I love it. <laughs> exactly, Travis. Tell us. It. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about a little bit about where you're from. I know uh, where you went to school. I know you're not a. It's hard to believe you're not an Arkansas Razorback fan, but that's okay. No, I'm not. No, yes, I'm not. I've heard that. <laughs> so don't. That's not a strike against me. I hope. But no, I'll, no, I'll, no. I'll try to give some uh, some background to that. So yeah, I'm growing up in Florida. Uh-huh. So Florida State. If you know anything about me. That's my that's my school of choice. Uh, don't hold that against me. Um, but growing up in Florida, man, uh, I grew up in the ministry because my dad was a music minister and uh, music minister slash education. That was the day of the slashes. Yes, you know it was the it was it was the bivoc it was not bivocational but by ministry yes. thing. And uh, so a lot of times it would be music and youth, but he was music and education. And uh, <clears throat> so I grew up, you know, watching my dad do that. Uh, you know, the days of special musics, 
Mm-hmm. You know, remember those days I'd pull out my dad's tapes and he'd say, <laughs> Travis, you're weak to sing special music. And I'd go to find that uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman or oh, for yeah. him or, or, you know, I mean, he had some old stuff yeah. that he would pull out. And uh, I would sing those specials and I absolutely loved music. Um, I learned to read music when uh, he would have Sunday sings and he would pull up quartets and he'd pull out music and he'd say, whatever part was missing, he'd stick me on it. And he'd say, follow the line. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I attribute that's how I hear harmony and all that. So, um, but you know, uh, back then, I, man, the comparison was made so many times. You sound like your dad, you look like your dad, you're going to be a minister. And man, I fought that. <laughs> I was like, no, there's no way. I, I've seen too much of the church. I don't really want to choose that for my life. That makes sense. Yep. I think for the people watching this podcast, I think you probably get that a little bit. Um, but man, I, it was a little bit of a me, me, me thing, you know? Yeah. Um, long story short, God got a hold of me. And uh, that's another story that's that I like to tell, but we don't probably have time for that. Uh, he got a hold of me and he said, look, it's not about you. It's about me. And I figured that out. And then I went to Dallas Baptist University, got my church music degree. Um, then I went to Southwestern Seminary, Fort Worth, and got my master's of communication. All the while serving in the ministry, starting a family, doing all that. And I'm, and this, please, another thing to discredit me, I was up until I was at Antioch, I was a Southern Baptist. So uh-huh. please, please don't hold that against yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I've spent a few days in that world as well. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> Well, that's also how. So, how long have you been in ministry up to this point? Um, active ministry about twenty six years. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, so I knew you were just a youngin. That's that doesn't feel very young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anybody younger than me is a youngin, though. So that's the way I, I like to think of it. So yeah, it, notice he didn't mention me. So there you go. <laughs> so, uh, well, yeah, that's there's just such a gap there. So, I mean, it's you know, it's a given. But uh, exactly, I get yeah. it. I get it. And now you serve at Antioch Baptist Church in Conway, Arkansas. How long have you been at Antioch? I'm working on my eleventh year. Hard to believe, but but it's been over ten years for sure. That's awesome, man. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, Jason Altman is the senior pastor there, right? Um, he is. I've known Jason. I used to, back when I was doing concert ministry, he was a youth pastor there, and uh, he mm-hmm. would have me come in and do little concerts and worship and stuff, mm-hmm. and so that's so cool to see how God has just grown all of us into, uh, in his grace and his kindness to give us places of ministry like this. Um, do you remember, Drew, that, that I had you come in probably about eight years ago and yeah. do a, a clinic with my guys and yeah. trying to help you know give some insight from the outside? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was the first time you and I officially met. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm ba- I'm bad with math. I can't remember things like that. But yeah, no, I, I, I do remember I coming in and being with the team, and I thought that was a cool evening as well. Just yeah. kind of investing in your team. Well, let's let's yeah. ask some questions here. I want I want our guys that are listening to kind of begin to think through some of the, the things that that uh, worship ministry can, is uh, made up of. What like what would you consider are some of the most important aspects? Do you say of like the ministry of worship in a church or of a worship leader? There's so much, but I think the biggest thing for me and what I keep coming back to is, does it glorify God? Amen. Um, That's, that sounds like it's, that sounds like such a a cliche overarching thing, 
But when you're picking a song, first of all, does it does it glorify God? First of all, is it biblically accurate? Um, does it honor the Lord? Does it point you to to Him? Is it less about you, more about Him? Um, so much that we do in ministry, especially in worship ministry, needs to be about subscriber. I mean, that's 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 a, that's a, that's one answer. I give you how much you want to expound on that. So I love it. I think that's exactly right. And uh, and you are so crucial uh, to the ministry of the church, and especially from the standpoint of um, you know the dynamic and. Uh, I may be jumping ahead, but what's been something on your heart or something you and Jason have done to make sure you guys stay on the same page? So for me, that has been something that I feel like every I've, I've served with many, many pastors over the years. Every one of them is different. And I think one of the biggest things you must do is go into it as a as an understanding of a relationship that you have with that that man where he is the shepherd of that church. You need to understand his vision, understand where he's going, understand what makes him tick, and then understand why God put you there with him. Mm. In some way, in some ways, I I look at it like Moses and Aaron. You know, um, Moses is there to shepherd the people and, and to point the people to where God is telling them. And Aaron is there oftentimes just to hold his arms up. And so when Jason has a, something on his heart and he's and he's preaching and he's he's taking the church down this road my job is to undergird his ministry to make sure that what i'm doing is supporting his his uh vision and and oftentimes we we hit it and oftentimes we don't to be honest you know yeah and that's just to be truthful yeah yeah i appreciate your heart on that yeah you know i'm in the same way i've served with, with a lot of different uh lead pastors and by God's uh, design and grace, somehow I'm now one of those. And so I've kind of been able to see a little bit of both sides of the, of the coin. And there's always, either on both, even when I'm on this side, there's, there's at times some, sometimes a, a struggle, whether it be communication mm-hmm. or relationally or whatever the case may be. What do you think that is about? Like, what, why do you think the enemy gets in between this relationship and why is it sometimes such a difficult thing? Um, I'll tell you my own personal, w- w- how it affects me mm-hmm. is it's, it's usually centered in pride mm-hmm. on my end, mm-hmm. at least. Um, whenever I'm having it, whenever there's a communication breakdown or there's a, some kind of conflict, what's the root of the conflict? Is it that it's, I'm not getting my way or, you know, a lot of times you have to really kind of get down to the center of what's the, what's the reason why we're having a conflict. A lot of times it's just communication one oh one. We're not doing a good job talking to each other. We're not a good doing a good job of, of having sit down conversations where we know where I, I know the path that he's on. And uh, Jason does a really good job. My current pastor, you know, that I'm with now, he does a really good job of letting me kind of do my thing. And uh, that that sounds like it is a freeing thing. But oftentimes, if I'm not careful, I'll be going my own direction. And, I, and then we can see where oftentimes we have to kind of have a little, we don't really have come to Jesus meetings because we don't really get down that far, but we have those times where we're like, oh, let's make sure we're all right here, you know? That's awesome. Do you, do you find that you ever have different expectations or goals or understandings of where things, you want things to go? Yes, um, mostly because I believe that <clears throat> in me, there's a pastor's heart as well. Sure. 
Um, I'm not saying all worship guys really fit into that mold. Um, when I surrendered to the ministry, I did feel as though I was being called called to pastor. Um, but God gave me the medium of worship to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely have a pastor's heart. And there are times in that heart that I feel like, you know, I man, this is not the direction I'd want to go. Or I feel like we should go. Um, and man... I have to I have to humbly remind myself I'm not the shepherd of this church. And that's a tough pill to swallow sometimes. Do you pride. S- you keep going. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that that's, it comes down to pride. Yeah. Do you see yourself as one of the shepherds in 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 that way yeah. or And absolutely um again I believe that I must keep myself in in the 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 direction of Christ as the head of the church. Jason or whoever the pastor is is called to shepherd the church. And then my my area that I do feel very, very strongly is that I'm called to shepherd those that are in the ministry that I'm called to. So on the worship team and those people who are who are affecting even down to the audiovisual, I've got to make sure that uh, I'm shepherding them. And then um, I get to shepherd the church to the throne. Yeah. Um, and if I've if I'm not taking that seriously, that's where we go off the rails. I've got to make sure that that this is an opportunity that I get to shepherd the people to to uh, to worship God. I think that's really good, man. And I just love your heart. I think Larry said that, but clearly you are a, a man that desires to to uh, submit to authority and, and and be seen as somebody who's secondary in in those roles. Uh, to be supportive for what God wants to do, and I think it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. We ought to all have that heart, regardless of our position. Um, and I, I think that's a really, really wonderful uh, attitude, man. I do too. I agree. Where I want to go is uh, on discipleship uh, in worship, and then about internships and reproduction and and uh, multiplying yourself, you know, producing and developing leaders. So. Talk to us a little bit about that and what that looks like in your world. Yeah, I want to acknowledge first and foremost that there is a machine, um, and that is the Sunday morning experience. It comes fifty-two weeks out of the year. Brutal and regularity. And it is. It is. It is a. It is a. I'm, I'm, and I'm just going to be very open and honest. It can be a tyranny, tyranny of the urgent. Yeah. Everything yes. is, is one of those things where we focus so hard on rehearsals transitions and da 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 make sure we got all the parts you know whatever that if we're not careful discipleship can go by the wayside um and there's oftentimes i have to redirect myself in this area when it comes to discipleship not often i I think it's very important but again i was talking about the mechanics of everything about how the sunday morning comes all the time um i have to make sure that i redirect myself oftentimes to to look at everybody as an individual on the stage and making sure that they are getting um, discipleship outside of the Sunday morning experience. Yeah. There's a, I, um, we have Sunday school and things like that, that I'm like, you need to be a part of something, be part of a Bible study, try to push them outside of that area. There's a great book out there. It's old now. It really is old because it was old when I, when I found it. But uh, Rory Nolan wrote a book called The Heart of an Artist. And great book. If you've not had not had a chance to read that, I, I love it because it talks about how the different aspects, different 
uh, how different people are uh, different artists and how their temperaments are. And one thing that I found out in discipling artists is that it can be difficult. Artists have a way of being very closed off and not wanting to share, not wanting to be, um, they're, they're very, they like to be, they like to perform, but they don't like to necessarily dig in, dig into the stuff on the inside. So, um, I have to really work on that with them. And, but Larry mentioned something that, um, that, that goes beyond the team and that is pouring into the next generation and discipling. And this is something that, um, I felt called to for many years, mostly because it's how I started. I started off doing internships. Um, so when I got to Antioch, I, I spoke with Jason and I said, listen, one of the things I feel very, very compelled to do is to not reproduce myself, but duplicate myself, pulling myself, pulling guys up and, and giving them an opportunity to learn in a place where they're safe in a place where I can have one-on-ones with them. I can give them opportunities to where I'm not just throwing them off a cliff, but I'm just kind of letting them out off the branch a little bit where mm-hmm. they can have opportunities to lead. And we can kind of come back and talk. Um, and uh, we've been doing that since I started at Antioch. And there are, there are now I, I just, it's one of the riches, the, the treasures of, of my ministry is getting to see some guys now who are serving BMA churches right now. Um, and, and I, I could go on. We got Drew Russell, Drew Brewer, Ben Brandon, um, Andrew Guyton, Pat Anderson. These guys are studs. Not all of them were studs when I first got them. And if they're watching, I'm going to make y'all guess which one I'm talking about. But uh, yeah, I know Drew. I know that, and uh, he's a member there at Antioch, and. Um, and he just was really complimenting how thankful he was to see a music ministry that focuses, like he said, on first and foremost, the glory of God, but also is going above and beyond from the standpoint of reproducing more leaders that many other churches are being blessed by now. And man, that's awesome. That's a great thing to see. Travis, a couple more questions here before we go. I was going to just ask you, um, when it comes to guys who are listening, who are in this role, um, either as pastor or worship pastor, uh, what are some suggestions you have or some uh, rhythms maybe you and Jason have worked out or you and the team there to make sure that your hearts are aligned, that communication is happening? What are some ideas that we can give the folks that are listening? When I first got to Antioch, I tried doing something that worked for my former pastor. We would have a weekly worship team meeting and I said, hey, Jason, let's get together every Tuesday and let's just talk about Sunday morning. And man, that was so much not his rhythm. It was like he came and I could just tell it was not his rhythm. <laughs> and I was trying to trying to like round hole square peg thing, you know, and uh, but that was my rhythm yeah. that I was working out with another guy. and It was fine. Um, I had to realize and recognize that's not his rhythm. So over time. I've had to learn what his rhythm was. And, and there's times where I've, I've learned to initiate questions with him that help me to understand where we're going. That's Jason. Yeah. Now, if he's watching this, please don't, don't, don't that's not it. That's not, that's <laughs> sure. not a slam against him in no. any way. That's just, that's how we work together. Right. Um, and listen, if, if you're listening to this and you're like, 
I'm frustrated with the guy I work with because we don't communicate. Um, I would suggest a couple things. Do your best to sit down with him and talk about what his desires and goals are. If he'll share those with you, try to work within those parameters. And so when you're doing that, he's going to be more apt to talk with you and share with you. Um, if he trusts you, then he will be more willing to share. I know that that, that, that might sound like that's a, I found that to be true. The more I, I know that my pastor trusts me, the more I feel like we are on the same page. Yeah. That makes sense. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I just think this is such an important, you know, I mean, 30 years in, in worship ministry and even now as a lead pastor, I have to, I find that we have to really communicate and we'll come, I'll come into the, to, I have a worship pastor and, and I'll say, Hey, we're, let's, let's just make sure our hearts are in the right place. Let's connect. Let's, we work overtime to try and make sure that that communication is open, that our hearts are back at zero, so to speak. And uh, so mm-hmm. that when we do ministry on stage or from however it looks in the church, that we're on the same team, on the same page, um, mm-hmm. and heart to heart, sort of in that in that regard. Um, is there any kind of encouragement you would give other worship guys that are trying? I mean, there's so much complexity, especially now through COVID and teams mm-hmm. and and the struggle between performance versus ministry uh, on stage yeah. or whatever, the, all these different aspects, what are some encouraging ideas or thoughts that you would give to folks that are w- wrestling through this role as worship pastor? Yeah. Keep growing. You're not there yet. Um, keep learning about things that aren't in your, in your wheelhouse. Uh, know the word, get in the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, I, there's a, there's a kind of, and I'm going to say this and I hopefully won't, uh, step on any toes. When I was coming up, it was expected that worship leaders went to to get an education in music and and seminary and things like that. It's kind of expected. Yeah, man, just get in the Word. Know the Word. Don't just sing whatever the top ten songs are. And if the people don't know you, they won't follow you. If the people don't understand your heart is more about just performing, man, they're going to look at something very superficial and they're not going to, they're not going to be, they're not going to be with you when you want to go somewhere. So if, um, just love people, love God. Mm -hmm. That's awesome stuff. It's great, man. You know, we make so much uh, about worship, about music, you know, and and Mm -hmm. it's very easy to think back to the times that were the most worshipful, at different times in my life, many of those are music related. But um, is there anything ever that that you try to to share or encourage people um, about finding times and moments of worship that are removed from wor- from uh, music in some way? Yeah, that's. It, I'm oftentimes in worship and outside of worship, reminding people that music is not worship in and of itself. Yeah, <clears throat> that. Uh, there are so many postures of worship throughout scripture, whether it's prayer, whether it's um, lifting hands, whether it's um, even just a posture of being on the ground. Uh, there's, there's so many ways in which it all points down to humbling yourself before God. And so music is one way that I think God has given us a beautiful way to help sometimes say things that are in our spirits, but we have a hard time expressing so yeah. that's why music is such a powerful tool. Yeah. But it can't be the music itself and the 
the what music can also do is uh, it can take you on a roller coaster of emotion mm-hmm. because that's what music does. Um, you can listen to uh, a nonverbal concerto and have a, a moment with that of emotionalism um, that could lead you to worship that have no no words in there at all. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the best worship times I've ever had was standing on Pettyjean Mountain and just looking out and going, man, there's no way I could even paint this mm-hmm. beauty and, and just the glory of God. Um, so just reminding people that on Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays and Fridays, when you're not in church, if you're not finding times to to just worship God on your own, then you're coming to Sunday malnourished. Yeah. You, haven't had, the, you're, you haven't had the bread and, and, and the water and, and you've, you're just coming, you're coming, you're coming starved mm-hmm. and there's no way that that morning experience can fill you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I like to think about, you know, the apostle Paul in in uh, Romans 12 uh, you know, as he says, to offer our bodies as living sacrifices, it's our reasonable act of worship right. and nothing to do with, with music, you know, and I try to encourage people all the time. Worship is, before we sing a note, worship is the life that we live before we yeah. even get there. And that's that's exactly what you're saying. And, and yeah. um, man, I so appreciate your time today. I'm sorry for the technical yeah. difficulties, but man, we appreciate your heart and your ministry. And uh, guys, we pray that if you have a worship ministry or maybe you're a lead pastor and, and you're having issues in communication or struggle in some kind, I just encourage you to just to take some time and uh, connect to each other's heart and uh, and just get honest and get to a place where you can really share with one another. And, and worship pastors, I think you've been given some wonderful uh, ideas today. And uh, so, man, Travis, thank you so much for your time, brother. We appreciate you, man. I appreciate the opportunity anytime. Absolutely. Larry, do you have anything else before we wrap it up today? No, I just agree. I appreciate your time. And I've been sitting here dreaming about many other ways we could use you to be a blessing and healthy church solutions to a lot of other guys that are looking for questions and they probably don't know where to look. So we'll be talking. Absolutely. You bet. I love that. I love that. And uh, Travis, you are a resource and I'm sure there's some guys that may want to connect to you and and uh, maybe we can connect them if they reach out to us. If you have questions or show ideas, don't hesitate to let us know. Info at HealthyChurchPodcast.com. And uh, we look forward to talking to you next time on the Healthy Church Podcast. You've been listening to the Healthy Church Podcast, sponsored by Activate, a church health ministry of the BMA. For more information, resources, and other related topics, please go to healthychurchpodcast.com or find us on Facebook at Healthy Church Podcast.